0: WMIC Studios, Snap Judgment, Secret Six Feet Quarantine Lair, Leonard's Glen Washington, and we know right now, right this moment, it's a tough time for many of us during this global pandemic. Millions of people have been on lockdown and forced to stay inside, sheltering in place, and for a lot of us, it's a first. Um, we, we really don't know how to do this. So Team Snap wants to bring you some love, some hope and advice from those who have lived it before. People who have survived lockdowns. So we're going to shift gears gonna do something a little bit different. And over the next month, we're going to share pieces of wisdom from people all around the world who share a common thread. That this is not their first lockdown first stop, we have Majid Awahadi. And Majid has lived through a lockdown more times than I'd even like to think about. Snap Judgment.
1: My name is Majid wahidi and I'm a freelance reporter from Gaza, currently under lockdown in Washington, D.C., My experience in lockdowns and quarantine actually happened many times when I was living in Palestine. The only difference between this current lockdown and what I experienced back home is here I wake up and hear birds and ambulance sirens. In all the wars I have seen and survived in Gaza, the sound of airstrikes and rockets was much louder. And my movement was completely restricted by curfew hours, which means supermarkets, essential services were not open. You couldn't look from the window or walk in the street. And if you had electricity, you were told to keep your distance from windows and turn off the lights after sunset. The longest lockdown I have experienced was in July, 2014 during Israel Gaza war, and it lasted for 51 days. In the first weeks, I used to sit at the foot of my bed to read poetry out loud. Saying poetry out loud in different ways to myself when the bombardments were too hard to ignore was how I coped with things. I also loved reading poems uh, by Naomi Shihab Nai. It was called Kindness. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows. My advice to people dealing with coronavirus now is to do something that involves reading something out loud. I think of poetry as a kind of protest or action against fear and and sadness. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you into the day to gaze at bread, only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the war to say, it is I, you have been looking for, and then goes with you everywhere, like a shadow or a friend.
0: Go ahead, pick a book, a poem, a song, belt it out. next piece of advice comes from another part of the world, a small village in northern Myanmar, where sometimes women are isolated during their menstrual cycles. Snap Judgment.
2: My name is Nanda. I'm from Myanmar, a small village in in northern Chang State. I'm 25 years old now. I feel very old. When I like hear about this uh, COVID-19 and how people are, are managing to not get infected, I had this like feeling that it's like revisiting uh, the kind of trauma that I had to go through when I got my first period. I was at the house and I told my mom that I think the blood are coming out of my vagina. And I remember... She looked at me feeling really sad. She said, now you have to pack your some some of the things. Please stand there, do not enter the house. You are considered as dirty. He took me to uh, auntie. She prepared like, a space for me in the very dark corner without a window. We are not allowed to use the bed. We are supposed to use the floor first day I told that auntie that I want to pee so bad. (laughs) She told me I cannot go pee unless the sun goes down. I was scared. So I was like, okay, fine. I will like control it. I controlled it like for a few hours. Then I realized my vagina cannot control it anymore. (laughs) Uh, On a serious note, we are not supposed to touch any books during period as well. So I couldn't study When I bleed, I was on grade 10, and grade 10 in Myanmar is a big, big deal. And I had a really, really high expectation that I will be passing grade 10 with a lot of distinction. Being isolated due to bleeding had kind of like this increases anxiety that maybe I will lose my mark. That's the thing that was troubling me the most. The thought that someone who is my comp- competitor would go ahead of me and get higher mark was so unbearable that time. And I was sitting there day by day and night by night, hoping this b- bleeding would stop. I was isolated for five days. I was doing a lot of bad thinking and I started like ha- hating my body. Is it this hard and this terrifying and this ugly to be a woman? But I realized that that's not the kind of practice that I want to inherit to my sisters or my daughters or my great-granddaughters. So that's when I stopped it and tried to pursue and create a new path where I can belong. Feminists are not born. They are made. You learn through your experience. And I feel like it's the unjust world around me that shaped me to become the feminist that I am today. My advice to people who are in isolation would be, ask one question to yourself. What could you do as a person, as as an individual, to help the situation? rather than thinking that how the situation is terrible.
0: Today, Nandar, she runs a feminist organization in Myanmar that produces feminist literature and holds workshops that address women's issues, including menstrual taboos. She's a writer, an activist, and performer and runs the Vagina Monologues in Myanmar because she's all that. So, most folk, this kind of craziness happens too. But some people, they're wild enough to put themselves into this situation. Like, for instance, Martin the Shadow.
3: There are definitely challenges when you're working in a confined ship. Everybody has to get along. I worked on container ships, large ships that are bringing random containers to international ports. My longest run was six months at a time. Typically, there are about 22, 23 people on the ship with me. Some of the ways that I deal with the monotony was just to to make little things to sort of brighten up my day. Like around Christmas time, trying to take an old tarp and like make a Christmas tree out of it. And then finding sailors, they love Christmas and are totally down to like carve out ornaments and help decorate the tree and stuff or or also trying to take, like, notes and put them in a bottle and um, drop them in the sea. You kind of get into this, like, groundhog day where you're just, you're living every day over and over, and, um, and I think just finding those little comforts to make it seem like you're a person, <laughs> you know? I mean, another example, I'm not, like, a graffiti person, but I kind of made up my own little moniker, and a lot of times when I would be working, I would just try to graffiti as many of the containers as I could. My moniker is Singapore Sal. It's basically like a face, um, but the mustache is made up of waves. (laughs) And then he's got like a beanie and uh, his eyes are like seagull's eyes. The key is that, you know, you can do it really quickly. And once you learn those motions, you just are like, you can jam it out fast and get on to do another one. The first time climbing up in the rig um, of the ship, the stacks of containers and trying to find places I could like hike up myself, it was liberating, yeah. There was this one time when like I'm hanging on the side of a container and an officer walked underneath me and I looked down and saw him. And if he had looked up at that moment, I would have been in trouble. That was frightening uh, and definitely exciting and kind of led me to do it more. It was like my little secret, you know? So I don't think anybody really even noticed, but it was, again, something that I could do to make it feel like they don't have me completely, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this was a way that I could kind of, again, feel like I had this human voice. Um, I mean, maybe it's kind of childish, but, uh, but it's satisfying to sort of look down a row and see your little character thing or whatever and I guess I'm in control or I, yeah, I have a voice. I'm not just like this uh, robot, you know. Hi, my name is Martin Machado. I'm um, a merchant mariner and sailor and a commercial fisherman and I am sitting in quarantine in San Francisco, California.
0: You heard the man. Be sure you're doing something for yourself. Something that makes you feel powerful. Something that brings you joy, even if it is silly. These stories were produced by Naomi Zevaloff, by Shana Shealy, Liz Mack, and Anna Sussman. Our team is going to find more pieces of advice from all over the world. Stay tuned for that on future episodes. Snap Judgment.